How's my financial health, Doc? Welcome to the Financial Literacy Podcast for healthcare professionals, where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo. Uh, your financial institution, ha- institution, by rule, has to at a certain age, and I think I don't know if we're going to talk about it later, but they will have to go ahead and convert this into a RIF. It's the same as a RSP, but this time with the RIF, it's a it's a way to take the money out uh, in a efficient manner. Uh, and the money that is still sitting inside the RIF can still grow uh, tax-sheltered. You don't necessarily have to be old to be able to convert your RSPs to a RIF. Good morning and welcome back to the How Is My Financial Health Talk podcast. And so I'm really happy to be back and discussing financial topics with you. This RIF topic is very long and complicated. Therefore, I have split it up into part one and part two. This is part one and part two will be coming on later. Today, I have with me my good friend and also financial planner, Ken Pei, who will help us discuss what happens after we are done with the RRSP, uh, a time of retirement? How do we take that money out of the RRSP and fund our retirement? Where does that RRFP money come from and where does it go? Well, it's called an account called RRIF, a RIF account. All the RRSPs have to be converted to an RRIF account. And we're going to be addressing that today because it is a very important topic. It is a important topic because what happens to the RRIF and how tax efficient it will be is determined by what you do now at the beginning of your career, not at the end. So the planning to take money out of the RRSP, therefore the RRIF, The planning for that doesn't begin at time of retirement. The planning for that starts 30, 40 years before that, which is the first day of your work. And so it's important for us to really understand how to do this right and how to do this efficiently. Today, we will go through with Ken all the mechanics behind uh, the RRSP converting into the RRIF. And we will discuss a little bit about tax planning. Uh, But this episode is really dedicated to understand the basics of this account and the mechanics of it and how do we plan for it. So let me immediately welcome uh, Ken to the show. Ken, how are you doing today? Thank you, Vu. Uh, Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to uh, Vu's podcast here. Vu, thanks a lot for inviting me again. I hope that the things that we're saying here will be able to educate and help a lot of people out there. So let's just dive in into the question. 
So today we're going to be talking about uh, a RIF, so R-R-I-F. So let's just begin by defining what that is and, and help the audience understand that. So Ken, um, when you have your clients coming to you and they are at a retirement age and now have to convert their RRSP, uh, or they say, you know what, I need to take money out of my RSP now uh, to use as income, uh, how do you explain it? And also, how would you define a, a RIF? So every situation, every every client has a different kind of situation or case. So it's unique to each individual, depending on their needs. Uh, so sometimes, you know, they're still young and they still just need some money. Or sometimes they want to retire early. Sometimes they're older, right? So the main thing here is to make sure that I think if you recall, if you guys are following Vu's podcast, we talked a little bit about financial planning. That's very key in this this uh, uh, to answer this question so understanding what is important to your goals and whatever you have is impo important to make to decide in terms of what it is that you're going to do am i going to go ahead because you can do a few things right if you need some cash right now you can just use the rsp we had it we had an, uh, we had a podcast on rsp i believe and then uh you know you can take some a chunk of money real quick and then pay the taxes but if you need a, you know, a regular stream of income coming from your RRSPs, you can do one of two things. One, you can go ahead and just take uh, you know, uh, every year, once a year or every month, uh, a chunk of money from your RRSP as long as you're willing to pay the taxes. But you have to keep in mind that most institutions will charge you at a, uh, an administration fee to take out lump sum monies from your RRSPs. One way to that most institutions would uh, fix this problem for you is switch you to a RIF. Now, what is a RIF? That's a question. RIF actually stands for a Registered Retirement Income Fund. Okay, it's a Registered Retirement Income Fund. It's a registered account. The RRSP stands for Registered Retirement Savings Plan. It's also a registered account. You're basically transferring an RRSP to a RIF or RRIF. Okay, uh, when you want to start taking money out of your RSP savings. Now, uh, so Vu, did you ask me when, uh, what can we invest or what, when was, when can we set it up? What was the question? Sorry about, I forgot the question. Yeah, so the question is, uh, let's just first define what is an RRIF. Uh, and so we'll deal with the mechanics of that later. Uh, but just as a, just as a definition, why why do we even need one think of a riff as a basket right so it's a basket where you can put your your stuff like your fruits for instance so the riff is actually a basket where you can put your money in um, it's just ex almost exactly the same as an rrsp whereby any investments you have in there whatever it generates income dividends capital gains will actually be tax sheltered. That's a term that you guys need to keep in mind because there's a difference between tax free and tax sheltered. So tax sheltered. And what's going to happen is that as you grow that money in that basket, uh, none of the growth in that in that money will actually be taxed until you take it out. Uh, that's why it's tax sheltered. Then, so this RIF money is actually that that vehicle that you use so that you can start like i said earlier mentioned earlier you can start drawing income from it if you needed some stream of income when we're at a time of retirement and we want to take a, a monthly stream of income uh it's better to take it out through a riff than to monthly take it out of a rrsp 
And so we would transfer the asset from the RRSP account to the RRIF account. And the asset sitting in the RRIF account would also grow tax sheltered like it would be in an RRSP. But the only difference now is that you can take monthly money out of the RIF account on a monthly basis without incurring fees. But once you take that money out of the RIF account, it now becomes a income and taxed as income. Is that correct, Ken? That is correct. Now, the only thing that I want to kind of give you guys a little bit of a disclaimer on is the fees, because every institution may be different in terms of how they charge fees. But most institutions that I've worked for, uh, typically with a RIF, if you set it up with a RIF, there's no, there's no like withdrawal fees every time you withdraw. The RSPs typically they do. So the question I have is, and I'm sure my audience will have the same, why does a RIF even exist? Why do we need a RIF? That's a good question, Vu. I mean, there's a lot of different, I think, uh, schools of thought in terms of that. But of course, you know, you want to get the, the real answer probably through the government because they're the ones who created that. But my, my thinking is that the reason why they set up the, the RIF, first of all, they set up the RRSP, I believe, to encourage people to save money for the future. Because imagine how much you're going to be collecting out of your CPP. Um, I'm not too sure how much the, the, uh, the maximum CPP monthly uh, benefits now. I think it's what, 11.30 some last year, a month, right? And your old age security, if you've lived in Canada since 18, for 40 years till 65 at least, uh, then you would get maybe about $600 a month. So if you think about those two numbers, that's barely $2,000 a month at retirement. So uh, the RSPs and the RIF is really a, a way for us to uh, be encouraged to save money, right? And gain some benefit off of it. So we, I, we discussed about RSPs last time and the, and the benefits of it. So now that you're in your later years in life maybe, and you're planning to start you know, uh, retiring or semi-retiring and taking money out, then once you get into the RIF uh, accounts, you're going to be able to start drawing whatever only you need. So, you know, the question about why does it exist really is because we are being encouraged to save first and foremost because CPP, old age security, may not be enough depending on your lifestyle and how much you spend in retirement. Then once that happens and you're already now in a RIF, it's also a good tax-efficient strategy for you because it depends on each person's case. Not everybody is the same, so don't take it as a blanket statement. But some people will actually benefit from this because when you are, let's just say, earning money before you retire and your income tax bracket is a little bit higher, you are able to put money in and deduct that money that you put into your RSP and then save on taxes. Uh, and then once you are on a RIF, the amount of expenses that you have may be compared in comparison to what income you were making back when you were working may be a lot less. And so your tax bracket will be a little bit lower. So it exists in, in, in also in that sense where it allows for you to have a vehicle where you can slowly take money out and still the rest of your savings grow tax sheltered uh, to a point where you start depleting everything. I got it. So it's the same as a RSP, but this time with the RIF, 
it's a it's a way to take the money out uh, in a efficient manner uh, and the money that is still sitting inside the rift can still grow uh, tax sheltered now that we have uh, all my assets inside the RRSP and I need to now put it into the RRIF how do I do that because like myself many people have different banks and institutions where they've opened up different types of RRSP accounts and so when it's time to consolidate that how is that done uh, logistically uh, do I have to go to each bank and tell them uh, and how do I tell them that and how do I know what and when to put all those assets from my different RRSP accounts into uh, an RRIF and do I have only one RRIF account or can I have multiple as well so you know there's a few different questions there that we want to address Vu um, so you the, the, the quick answer to the last question about can I have multiple RIFs at different financial institutions uh, the short answer to that is yes. You may be able to have multiple RSPs and financial institutions, different financial institutions. You can also have uh, RIFs uh, from different financial institutions, right? Um, but, you know, we have to kind of take a look at this and put this in proper perspective. You need to be asking yourself when, if you are this individual who's got all these different uh, RSPs and, and RIFs in different places, what's the purpose, right? Sometimes people will tell me it's because, you know, we don't want to put all our eggs in one basket. But actually that's taking the that saying that we usually say in the financial services industry, you're taking that out of context. That doesn't mean when you say put don't put all your eggs in one basket that you put in different financial institutions. That's basically a concept and a principle in terms of investing. Okay. So when it comes to your RIF, um, you're you're now let's just say ready to switch it to a RIF, whatever age you are. Okay, of course, there's a maximum to it, and I think we're going to get to that later. Uh, but once you're ready to switch your, your money, your accounts to a RIF and start drawing money, whether you're, uh, there's a point where you, whether you're ready or not, you're just going to have to take it out but just by rule. But once you're ready, you basically have to go ahead and come into your financial institution where you hold your RRSP. And you can go ahead and just convert that and they will change that into a RIF account. So they'll open you that RIF account and they'll move whatever assets you have into from your RSP into that. Now, having said that, remember in the beginning I said, gotta think through what is a purpose? Why do you have all these RIFs in different places? Um, you have to think through also long-term, not just short-term. Um, imagine the ease and the inconvenience or convenience of actually having your RIF accounts in different places. If you have multiple RSPs in different places, that means that at some point in time when you're ready to take money out from there, you will have to communicate with each and every financial institution, go book your appointments, meet with them, open the account, and then switch this. Then you will also get your payments and separate different times and different amounts. And of course, it depends on the growth as well, so your, your payments will vary. The other thing you need to consider here when you're trying to, when you're ready to switch your RSPs or RIF is your uh, two things. If something were to happen to you and you're incapacitated, your power attorney is going to have a very difficult time trying to figure out where the money is and how to get that money to pay your bills. 
And secondly, if you pass away, your executor is going to have a whole lot of work to do because they have to go to each of these financial institutions and process the estate. So consider those things if you're actually trying to move your RSPs to revenue, especially if you have multiple RSPs and RIFs in different places. So uh, going back to the first question there, Vu, is you know, how, do I, how do I go ahead and switch or open up my RIF? So that really is something that you just have to do with your financial institution. Um, and your financial institution, you, you book a meeting with them, they'll op- you'll open the accounts with them, the RIF accounts, and then they'll transfer the RSP assets into there. Um, and the question sometimes uh, Vu was asking me earlier was that, you know, how do I remember if it's time for me to, uh, to switch this into a RIF, right? Uh, your financial institution, ha- institution, by rule, has to, at a certain age, and I think, I don't know if we're going to talk about it later, but they will have to go ahead and convert this into a RIF. They will try to connect with you, contact you. If they cannot reach you, or for some reason they cannot connect, uh, con- connect with you or lost your number, uh, they still have to convert this into a RIF by the end of that year where you have to do it. So let's just assume that uh, the f- different financial institutions are able to contact me and I have to convert the uh, assets from the RSP into a RIF because I have to do it at a certain age. Uh, when that happens, um, how do I get about to get the information to the institution if I choose one. So let's just say I chose bank A and I want my RIF account to now sit in bank A. How do I get bank B, financial institution C, to dump the assets into that account? So it's just like any of your other investment accounts, Vu. Um, if you have any investment accounts, whether it's a non-registered investment, a taxable investment account, a tax-free savings account, an RESB, uh, interest, whatever it is that you have, RSPs and RIFs and locked-in retirement accounts, uh, you can move them from one financial institution to the next. There's only certain caveats to that. So, for instance, if you are actually invested in some sort of a investment uh, type or, uh, or vehicle that is not being offered by the other institution, then you're going to have to go ahead and make sure that you transfer it in, in cash instead of as is. Uh, so you can transfer it as is or in cash, the assets. So all you need to do is you go ahead and bring your statements uh, to your uh, preferred financial institution, the financial institution of choice, where you want to consolidate all these. Bring it to that person and say, I want to go and bring it all together into this place so that there's only one. And so they will look at the statements. Your professional advisor, whomever that is, your planner, will look into it and say, okay, this is this type of account. This is this type of account. Let's open the accounts, and then let's request these institutions to bring the money over here. You don't, you don't have to necessarily do the transferring yourself. Um, uh, usually the, the institution that you prefer to take all the money will be the one asking you to sign forms and sending it over to the other institution, and then they will send it over. Got it. Okay, so uh, they make the process simple for the customer, of course. Okay, so now let's move on to the next question. I think everybody needs to understand because this is extremely important. You mentioned earlier that at some point we must do it. And so the question is, when is it? when are we eligible to convert to an RIIF? 
and at what age must we do it then, Ken? Yeah, so, you know, there's a couple of things that I want to address here. So I kind of took a note uh, because we've been discussing about RIF. So I'm going to address the RIF first, but there's also different variations of this RIF that we have to kind of touch upon. And those are the locked-in RIFs, okay? But we're going to touch upon that. If I forget, Vu, just kind of remind me. But the RIF first, you know, when do I convert this, right? Uh, truth of the matter is that if you actually have an RRSP, and you wanted to convert it any time into a RIF because you want to start drawing income off of it. Uh, let's say you're a spouse, right? Yeah. You're a spouse and you're, God forbid, something happens to your uh, other spouse and that person died. And now his or her RRSP rolled over to you and it just so happens that you married rich. So he's got, let's say, millions in there. You decided now that now this RSP is not going to be yours. So now you decided that you wanted to go ahead and start drawing income from it because you can live off of that. You don't you live a frugal lifestyle. You don't need to work. So once you figure out your financial plans and you know it's going to be feasible, you did this. So even if you were a very young person and now you have an RSP and you wanted to start drawing income from it on a regular basis, you can switch it to a RIF. So the answer to that is that you don't necessarily have to be old to be able to convert your RSPs to a RIF. However, the government mandates that at a certain point in time, we have to convert these RRSPs into a RIF. That age is actually right now, uh, as uh, this year at least, we know it's 71 years old. On the year where you turn 71, you need to convert your RRSP to a RIF by December 31st of that calendar year. Does that make sense? Um, so you have to convert it, but you don't necessarily have to take money that year if you don't need it. The, you can start taking money the year after when you turn 72. Make sense? So that's when you convert your RIFs. That's when you're mandated to do it. Okay. So we touch upon the RIF. Uh, did I, I? I did answer that question. Yeah. Yes. So now let's take a let's go ahead and delve into a little bit into a little bit more of a complex uh, basket that we we call here. So we have what we call the locked in RIFs. I don't know if you recall, but I think we had a podcast on RSP. Uh, and then we discussed a little bit about the locked-in retirement accounts. We call them Liras, right? Uh, there's different types of those locked-in accounts. Typically, those locked-in accounts are monies that come from a pension plan. Uh, so they come from your either if you work for a company that offers you a defined benefit pension plan and you left that company, sometimes it would give you what they call the commuted value, lump sum amount. Uh, or if you have a defined contribution pension plan, and sometimes you would get some locked-in funds from there as well. Uh, so that becomes a lira, okay, or a locked-in RSP, depending on the legislation, right? Now, once you have a locked-in retirement account or a, a, a locked-in RSP, uh, then at some point in time, you will have to convert this into a RIF, which we call now the locked-in retirement income fund, LRIF, or locked-in income fund. Okay, confusing, but just think of it as a locked-in retirement income fund. Okay, so. This has different rules than the regular RIF. This one cannot be converted just at any time, right? You can't just go ahead and uh, say, you know what? I have all this money, commuted value from my pension plan. I want to go ahead and retire at 30. I want to take my money out of my locked-in retirement account. You can't do that. Because in the eyes of the government, this is a pension. It's supposed to give you a, a monthly income at retirement. Uh, they have certain stipulations and rules as to what you can uh, take out, 
when you can take this out. Typically, for most provinces, it will be at 55 is the earliest that you can start taking money out of this locked-in income funds. That's the only time that you probably can start doing it in most provinces. Um, and then you can go ahead and start uh, withdrawing. But there's also a big but there. Uh, there is a minimum, but there's also a maximum that you can take. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about how much you can take. Okay, thank you, Ken, for clarifying what a locked-in uh, uh, account is. Uh, but I think for most of our listeners um, who don't have a pension because we are independent contractors most of the time uh, as physicians or dentists, or um, so we don't have that. But um, our NPs and our PAs may belong in that category. So thank you very much for sharing that information. This concludes the first part of the Riff uh, podcast on this topic. And uh, please join me back uh, on the second episode where we're going to conclude our discussion on uh, the Registered Retirement uh, Income Fund. How is My Financial Health Doc podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Please confer with your advisor, lawyer, or accountant for specific advice.